You can record on whatever you want. All right, man. <laughs> Recording on Microsoft Excel. Let's go. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to a new episode of Repeater. This is, I believe, the kickoff to season four. Uh, my name is Evan. And I'm Pat. Welcome back, everybody. We we did a couple quarantine episodes last year, you know, and um, just did not have the emotional capacity to keep going. Uh, 2020 was a hell of a year, as the history books will tell you. But we are back in 2021 ready to uh bring you some more more insight on the music that uh that people love and uh today we are joined by you know i cannot say enough about this dude he's a funny man he's an actor he's a writer he is an editor and i would say a man of a thousand voices (laughs) devin gant yo dev what's up what's going on guys thanks for having me first show of 2021 season four premiere it's an honor. Wow. Yeah. Uh we are we are excited to have you. Um Dev, you are somebody who I always find myself talking about music with. And so it felt like just the perfect the perfect person to have on for the the kickoff. Yeah, it's I don't know if you guys have the same problem, but like when you like try to It's hard for me not to talk about music and movies and SpongeBob references when relating to people. <laughs> so, like, when someone is able to bounce back with me, it's like, okay, word. This is a, it's a kindred spirit right here. We we're we're, we're gonna get along just fine. Or wrestling, wrestling reference, WWE references too. <laughs> um, well, that wrestling references are welcome. There are some, definitely some wrestling um, fans that are friends of the pod. So. Uh, feel free, you know, feel free to sprinkle. Iron Sheik. See? Immediately. <laughs> Perfect. The last, you That's don't even one. know, Dev, but the last show that Pat and I went to before the shutdown was a band called Iron Sheik. Stop playing. Wow. Damn. No, for real. That's that crazy. Is, yeah, what, not a joke. <laughs> what, is, what, was their, what was their gimmick? Or was that just their name? Their, their name is Iron Sheik, but Sheik is spelled C- H-I-C. C-H-I-C? C-H-I-C, yeah. Oh, yeah. like not now Rogers, Sheik? Oh, that's dope. Okay, that's yeah. fire. What, what kind of, what, what was the genre? They're punk like Long Island right. punk, yeah. Our, and our friends and proper <laughs> open for them. Uh, so it was like a cool, di- little did we know it would be the last show, live sh- music we would see for a very long time. Damn. But if that was going to be the send-off, what a send-off. For real. <laughs> Is, yeah. Long, is Long Island punk like is the is it do they have like their own idiosyncrasies that set them apart from like other types of punk like Billy Joel references? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know that I've ever actually dived that far into it. There's just like sounds that I hear that I'm like, oh yeah, these guys are from Long Island. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the fairy. <laughs> yeah, I don't, think, I don't think I'm enough of an like an authority on, you know, the various styles of punk either to like really give the differences. But to me, there's something that always really feels like, uh, oh, it's working man's punk rock, which mm-hmm. I, I think is like supposed to be punk rock generally, right? But it's not like a... 
I don't know, Pat, you can you can back me up or disagree, but it's not like snot nose skater punk. It's not like whiny pop punk or emo type stuff. It's very like, um, I got to get up tomorrow to go do my to like go do my construction job. Let's bang out a few tracks before we go to bed. <laughs> that's hot. Yeah, that's like a little bit of my impression of Long Island punk. <laughs> that's dope. Is it so kind of like mm, I was going to say industrial, but that's is would you all consider industrial like punk or like, I don't know. Is industrial no. kind of rock or is it like it's more in the electronic type of thing? Yeah, I think it's more like in the electronic world. Okay. Like yeah. I would say the again, I could be totally wrong, but the tri-state punk cuz I'm thinking of like Jersey too and <clears throat> some New York City bands, but there's a there's an element of it to me that is like it's some descendant of less so Billy Joel but more like Bruce Springsteen. Where okay. yeah. It's like it's anthemic, you know, but it's unapologetically rock music. Like it's not pop music or something disguised as uh, or mm-hmm. dance music disguised as like punk with distortion and screaming. Right. It's just like yeah. yeah, it's like we're doing it. We're hitting the pavement. For the, I don't know the people's punk. Yeah, there's yeah, like yeah, I I I consider myself. I'm not like I like I I love listening. Like, I have a broad spectrum when it comes to listening to music. Like, I like pretty much everything about most genres of music. But there's, like, only a few artists slash genres that I never really got into. Uh, One is Bruce Springsteen. Uh, (laughs) And this is not even to, like, shit on him. I'm just, like, (laughs) saying, like, I've never really got into them at all. Like, Bruce Springsteen, Bob Dylan, or, like, pop punk, really. So there is, like very those are kind of like my blind spots in terms of music and like all of those are like (laughs) they 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 spread like pretty far like it's like decades of music that i just like am not attuned to (laughs) or haven't really explored uh kind of i guess i guess green day too like i know a couple green day songs but i never really got into them when they were like popping you know but Um, yeah it's like that's something and i mean i think too just showing that you even like know that is an attunement that a lot of you know like casual i don't know non-music fans or people that just like listen to top 40 don't even have you know um knowing what you don't know sometimes is very helpful (laughs) yeah yeah or like uh yeah i don't know i don't know why i I feel like i've tried like i've tried with like the beatles too it's kind of like it's, it's the godfather effect you know you you grow up your entire life saying like hearing that oh the godfather is like if not one of if not the best movie of all time and then if you don't see it early on you're gonna be disappointed you know what i mean because it's not it's it's a good movie but it's not i wasn't blown away by everyone else's expectations and afi's ratings or whatever so like listening to like uh the Beatles number one's album, not the whole thing, mm-hmm. but like it's like it's it's songs I've I've heard before, and I've heard like I recognize the impact, I recognize like the styles and genres and you know innovations that were born from it, but it didn't really. I I, f- I feel like I recognize that more than I recognize the music itself. Like if it, if I had heard that first, probably, or maybe if I was there for it. I would have a different opinion of it or if I grew up with it, I would have a different opinion of it. Yeah. 
it's just, it's it's kind of that. So that's that's that might be why I'm not really or why I don't have that connection with Bruce Springsteen and Bob Dylan. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. I don't know. I, maybe I just haven't heard the right song. If y'all have any recommendations, let me know for sure. For me with Bruce, uh, that was something that I was always like, yeah, I mean, like, I know he's good. I know he's talented. Always really like those Christmas songs. Like, I was like, yeah, cool. Uh, he does Christmas songs? Yeah, he's, he's got, got uh, two. Some good ones, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. No, for real. <laughs> but uh, we watched we watched that uh, Broadway special he did where it was just him and his guitar. And, like, he it's like a whole storytelling uh, thing. And like, that's what really did it for me. Cause like, it's really bare bones. It's, it's just him singing and telling these stories. And it's like, oh, you're a tour de force because like, you are this energy, you can write these songs. And like, it, it connected with me in a very different way watching it like that. Um, Which is just interesting, like how art connects to people and like when it connects to you. Um, especially with somebody that has such a prolific career, like there's sometimes it's overwhelming. There's too much, right? Like there's, you don't know where to start. Uh, and that for me was where it really connected. And I was like, Oh, okay. Mm. Now, now I really see. And you were a kid like when you first saw those or no, no, that special came out like a year or yeah, two ago. Yeah. That's from Netflix. It's like a year ago two years oh, yeah. ago because he was on broadway i don't know if you remember that but he did like this bruce yeah, yeah. scene on broadway show and nah, I think that's I remember, what pat's talking about i remember people were really hype about that um yeah highly recommend i grew up in a very classic rock radio probably town slash family so that mm-hmm. stuff was there the whole time my brother was a huge bruce fan i guess when he was in high school so i used to hear that stuff all the time but I agree with that kind of Godfather effect because I used to feel that way about the Beatles big time, like mm. all the way until college, I would say. My dad would have Beatles records. He would tell me, you know, how great they were. And he was even somebody that wasn't a huge Beatles fan. He would like he liked the Stones, you know, mm-hmm. Beatles were like pop. He, he thought that was kind of lame, but he <laughs> he he acknowledged kind of like how great they were. And so he wanted me to understand that. And I remember I think like this is must have been when I was like super into Blink-182 and I remember even telling them that I was like dad I don't care what they did they're not relevant anymore and they're stupid like I'd rather listen to music that is actually good now the Beatles are boring um, I want to listen to music that means something Eleanor yeah. Rigby get out of my face with that <laughs> it's feelings. Um, so yeah I was I was wrong about that but I mean, you know, it took, it, a, it took a minute. You know, it's it's everyone has their moment. It's nature versus nurture. You know, like everyone's gonna have like something that their parents want to imprint onto them as a foundation. Um, sometimes you get it right out the gate. Sometimes you work your way back to it. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I grew up listening. Like my my parents, they both had me when they were really young. So my dad's music sensibilities like really helped shape me uh, as he was shaping himself. You know what I mean? Like I grew up listening to the stuff that he grew up listening to. Like he would always like when the first Mortal Kombat came out, he was like one of my earliest memories is of him at 24. I'm five years old. 
and he's just playing Mortal Kombat with like Luther Vandross bumping in the background and like <laughs> uh, Slave featuring Steve Aronson. Like that, those are like some of my fondest memories, and like that's why I I today like I still listen to like mostly seventies eighties R and B. Um, that's kind of like my foundation and like what that's that's kind of like where what my soundtrack is yeah but uh you know like i was there with him when like you know the tribe called quest albums came out and like the first buster rhymes albums came out um another fond memory is uh my my mom was away for a trip and my pops was watching me and uh he dropped me off for school and then he realized it was like President's Day or something. And it's like, oh, yeah, there's no school today. So I'm just hanging out with him and my uncles. And the Busta Rhymes album had just dropped. So they we all went to the mall to go get it. And uh, I think it was when disaster strikes. And uh, and then, yeah, we went to the, <laughs> to the mall to go get the, uh, the cassette. And then we drove back to the house and all of us ran inside and we started listening to it together. And I was like, just like, I just, it was, it was so cool. Such a fond memory. So like, I feel like... I don't, I don't, I don't listen to that record much, but I remember the feeling of it. And I remember, uh, yeah, just that day of just like chilling with my pops and my uncles. And I'm going <laughs> to probably tell, like, I'm probably going to be playing games with my kid when I have a kid listening to the same music that my pops was, you know, like that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's going to keep going forward. And I, I think, yeah, it's it's why I'm I'm going off track. I don't even know if we're on track right now, but I, I think I think this is just this is just it's wild how music is like. You can still you it's it's everywhere, so you can like kind of like dis- discover shit that's was recorded at the same studio as like Stevie Wonder with like one of his writers that never really popped. And then like 40 years later, someone finds it and it's like, oh, this is crazy. And then, you know, like what I'm listening to right now is um, <laughs> I'm really into <laughs> unapologet- unapologetically. So in my discovery of uh, music in like college, I really got into Yacht Rock. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I, I discovered who, <laughs> who uh, the Doobie Brothers and Michael McDonald and Steely Dan and like who they were. And then I told my dad about it. I was like a little embarrassed. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really listening to this. You should hear this guy, Michael McDonald. He's really good. <laughs> and then he's like, hold on a second. And then he sends me a link to this Kenny Loggins song, which was fire. It was mm-hmm. it's so crazy. I was like, what? Wait, hold up. You 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 knew about this? And like, you didn't tell me. Like, It was like he was holding on to it, too. So we had a moment uh, <laughs> connected to that. So yeah, like Yaw Rock is like, which is kind of, it's like Neo Soul a little bit for, think, for that era. I feel is like. There a, isn't there like a term for it? Like in that era, I want to say it was, was it called Blue Eyed Soul? Yeah, or is yeah, that something yeah. different? That's I, what it is? Well, that's, yeah, that's what they call like any white dude who could like sing, who could like yeah. bells, like, oh, it's Blue Eyed Soul, Robin Thicke, Justin Timberlake, uh, okay. Mark McDonald. But like even, but, um, what's his face from, uh, uh, why am I getting the band wrong? But um, you make my dreams come true. Big eighties stars. Toto. Toto. <laughs> no. Wait, that's not Toto. Oh, I was. No, 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 uh, no, no. 
Um, oh, Hall and Oates, Hall and Oates, my fault. Hall and Oates, yeah. Hall and yes. Daryl yes. Hall, right? Like, I feel like Daryl Hall gets that label. Um, <laughs> For sure. Nah, there's a complex list of, like, uh, the best <laughs> the best blue-eyed soul <laughs> singers of all time. <laughs> I forget who's number one, but Daryl Hall is definitely on there. He's on there. Um, oh, man. Yo, but no, no, but this is a perfect transition <laughs> to even both what we were listening to lately, but also, like, the song you chose. So let's talk about that first i think almost yeah, for sure so what's the song that you you kind of wanted to talk about uh my the song that i chose was turn on some music by marvin gay and it is just such such a layered song like everyone knows like who marvin gay is marvin gay is just like you know the prince of soul he had that motown era and then he shook that when he started talking you know about like politics and like you know, really deeper themes and sex and love, like from the perspective of an adult, you know what I mean? Uh, Like really starting to shake that Motown image. And like he, he had this era where he was just like on top, just like killing it. And yeah, he turned on some music. It's on the same album that sexual healing is on. So it kind of got overshadowed by that. But the song is just so layered. It's like, it's like five songs in one. It's like it starts with one kind of chord structure, and then it transitions to another, and then the, there's a chorus and a pre-chorus, and the, there's, there's so so much stuff going on in the song. It's so good, and I listened to it while I was having my own crisis of 2020. Like <laughs> like we all had our own, you know, existential, physical, emotional, just <laughs> nightmare waking nightmare but like that song i you know when i really started to get into just like trying to take it easy and just like really relax and focus on the positives of 2020 that's the song that i always really listened to and it always brought me back up and it just it was it's great it's it's so good yeah 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 i uh so yeah this album came out in what 1982 i think yeah Um, 81 82 i think and it's so interesting to me because as somebody who didn't grow up listening to Marvin, Marvin Gaye outside of like what was on the radio or what was really popular with him, he is like a 70s artist in my mind, mm-hmm. right? And to think about him, this was, I think, his last album. Is that right, maybe? I believe so. I, if if not last, uh, second to last. Yeah. So like in my mind, I don't, picture him as an 80s artist right mm-hmm. yeah you could undeniably say like this is obviously one of his biggest albums right it has sexual healing on it for Huge sure hit. it was his, it was definitely his comeback album he uh he did i want you in like the mid 70s which was like his iconic album uh, arguably but and he did a couple more after that that didn't hit as well but he took some time off and came back in the 80s with this one and killed it yeah but it's cool because I think about um, kind of what you were talking about earlier of listening to your parents' music, you know, um, as a kid and how in a way, even though this was this came out before you were born and like thinking about music, um, oh, yeah. Yeah. it was still relatively current, you know, probably as you were like a kid, you know, it's something that was this was this something that your 
parents listen to? Nah, it wasn't. Um, no. I had never even seen the album cover until I found the song. Like, I, I knew about sexual <laughs> healing because, like, it's just such a, a good, you know, the, the song is everywhere. Everyone knows that song. Yeah, yeah. But, like, we didn't really listen. My, my father's favorite album is probably I Want You by Marvin Gaye, but we didn't really listen to a lot of Marvin Gaye growing up. Like, he was more of, like, a Luther Vandross type mm-hmm. dude. Uh uh, we didn't listen to Prince too much, but like, yeah, it was definitely seventies, eighties R and B all the way in the house. But I found this on my own, just like with with my love, like, like in my own journey of discovering Marvin Gaye, and then I just just going through his. <laughs> I would only kind of stick to seventies Marvin Gaye, though. You know what I mean? Like I would, yeah. like I would pretty much just like troll through that era, and then I would. I, I wouldn't neglect that album. I just knew that was a sexual healing album, so I didn't really, you know, listen to it that much. Like, oh yeah, I know sexual healing. But then I went through the album, <laughs> and then there was there's there are like jams on that album. Highly recommended. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rocking after midnight is another one. I think that's the title <laughs> of the album. It's it's just such a crate like it's an energy from Marvin Gaye that you don't really think of. It's like so upbeat. I think. He performed a song on Soul Train uh, in the eighties. It had people. It's it's like a Marvin Gaye dance album. It's 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 hot. Mm-hmm. It's it's so good. And this song especially is so good because, like I said, it has so much in it. So dense and it's so many harmonies, so many layers. It's just, it's it's crazy. Oh, did you guys hear it? Did you guys listen to it? Oh yeah, yeah yeah. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> I mean, it's so funny or like interesting when you find a song like that on an album that like you think you know what it's gonna be like Mm -hmm. right like you feel like you're so familiar with that artist and like i've talked about this before but for me like and my parents there was like the beach boys Mm. and you know they were always in the cd changer so like you never even really like never thought to look at what like the album art was or the cd art was or whatever but I had that a very similar reaction to Pet Sounds, where I was like, "Y'all have been holding out on me. <laughs> Word. This is inc- this is incredible, and this was never on in the house." And like, mm-hmm. you get mad at come them. on, like you've been playing the same <laughs> record from the same album, and I always thought that was the only record on his album. When you could have just gone one track up and then exposed me to this, years yeah, exactly. wasted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> no, I had that same thing with um, a bunch of stuff, but it makes me think of, so m- my dad would have been kind of listening, his like hot new music during my childhood was 80s, 90s country, mm-hmm. and uh, which is like also kind of its own specific little era of country music, which I liked a lot as a kid, um, but really grew kind of disdainful of as I got to be a teenager. But then just like a little ways later, my dad was like, oh yeah, um, here's a few artists that kind of were responsible for making country music really poppy and showed me like some artists from the seventies, like Graham Parsons. And I was like, Oh, this is the shit I love. Like (laughs) I wanted, I just wanted the original version of what was going on in the nineties already. You know, it's like, why didn't you play any of this when I was a kid? (laughs) Was Billy Ray Cyrus, was he more of the eighties variety of the nineties variety? Oh, I, he was he was nineties. I think he was nineteen ninety three. I think that was like his big breakout album somewhere around that. Thank you, time. break your heart. 
achy breaky heart uh yeah my dad had a real real weird barometer where he like hated that but then loved <laughs> i don't know like the artist that was probably two stop two two spots behind him on the charts you know yeah so like this is another because like i don't I, I never really it's not like i had disdain for country i just never got into it but like when you think when I think of country, I never even like consider what it sounded like in the eighties. You know what I mean? What was their kind of eighties sound and like their kind of uh, what were their eras for revolution in like in terms of country? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like was was like I know the names. I know like Reba McIntyre and like Toby Keith and yeah, uh, uh, Dixie Chicks. Like were were the, were they more of like the nineties variety or did yeah they, yeah. 70s probably is where like countries started to really turn more like there started to be something called pop country in a really obvious way mm. um and then in the 80s that trend just continued um but i think maybe i don't know there's 80s and 90s to me is some are some similar artists and then towards the, like the end of the 90s 2000s is when it started to become sort of like twangy arena rock mm. um but 80s and 90s, what I remember specifically, and this is actually reminds me of something I was going to say about this Marvin track, is um, what I noticed was that the drums changed. You could tell that they had like big studio produced drums, like probably drum triggers, you know, uh, sending off some kind of effect. So you were like, oh, it's it's sort of regular country music structure, but the production is all of a sudden mm. a little more bombastic. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I noticed when listening to this Marvin track was like, there were like early eighties drum machine sounds <laughs> that I recognized probably more from like, I don't know, hip hop yeah. than I would from, from, you know, his stuff. And I was like, Oh, that's so distinct. <laughs> and that probably wasn't on a lot of his seventies recordings, you know? Nah, you don't think when you think of Marvin Gaye, you don't think of him with like an 808 behind him. Right. Like that <laughs> that was the say. first thought I had. I was like, is that, I don't know drum machines well enough, is but that is that the, made a way is that the synth bass right, right, right behind us? That's wild. It, yeah, it was all, it was a whole energy change. I, I feel like, and he was going through a lot in his life at the time. Uh, like, there's this so much to talk about. Marvin Gaye's life is is crazy. I won't. We won't get into that now. But like, I think, yeah, it was a wild <laughs> time for music, and he just really showed out and like killed it. Um, so like not to bring it back to country, but like my grandfather, he, he loved blues. Like he loved playing blues growing up and he loved playing guitar and harmonica. And I I liked it as a kid, but I didn't really get into it until I was an adult. I wish I did obviously back then. So like, you know, we could have had that bond growing up and, you know, I would have learned guitar earlier, but I think, uh, the few country songs that I've heard that I've really liked, I find like similarities in like the simplicity that blues had in like mm-hmm. in, the, in the in the more simple like country. I, I, like, is it? I, I couldn't. T- I can't tell if it's like a ballad or just like a older country song. But like the dude who I like now, um, he's like. I, I guess he's technically considered pop because he's like huge chris stapleton you know that's, that's oh, yeah. that dude's voice is like mm-hmm. insane and it's just like him and a guitar and like a drum track behind him um yeah. that is that kind of more indicative of like 
a older style of country like 70s stapleton or- is probably like i haven't listened i probably haven't listened to his most recent stuff but he he almost comes from a a, a bluegrass and traditional music background mixed with country music so you know all these genres can be meaningless uh but he has he does have a background that's pretty rooted in like <laughs> i guess a variety of what they'd call like down home music mm. um so so that's yeah, what that's what know. bluegrass is kind of just more of like simple he doesn't he does not but man bluegrass is a real tight definition that i will probably uh, <laughs> get killed for if i get it wrong but my general understanding of bluegrass specifically is stringed instruments like guitar banjo mandolin thing ba- bass acoustic um no drums and you generally singers this is not maybe true of all bluegrass musicians but generally singers sing in the upper register of their voice so it's that's mm. why you hear a lot of the kind of like oh mm-hmm. um and then if you're not doing that or if you have drums but you have a similar makeup sometimes they put that into a category called traditional or you could even like gloss over the whole thing and call it americana um there's mm. a lot of kind of mixing of those genres and stuff there stapleton's you know country probably for the most part just because he's had he's kind of done a few things in his career and that's the easiest label to apply to him yeah but Um, he's but he's kind of more like traditional country like more of a throwback to probably i don't know 60s early 70s country music kind of like what leon bridges did when he first came out like or in that whole era you know like joss stone and uh you know, old Amy Winehouse, like kind of like a uh, harkening back to the 60s style. Uh, Pat, um, <clears throat> I meant to ask you this, like uh, to add to like the genres and artists that I never really got into um, Beach Boys. I never I, 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 I know like one. I, I feel like I only know that good vibration song, but like their pet sounds is like <laughs> gone it's, it's referenced by everyone in every genre as like their favorite album. Like that's something that I, I really ha- I feel like I need to like check out as like uh, just someone who says that they like music or studies music. You know what I mean? Like I, what what song was it that you that you, that you felt your parents hid from you? Um, I mean, so. Uh... For me, like listening to the Beach Boys growing up, it was always like, you know, the Surf in USA or like mm. the really kind of just like what you think of when you think of the Beach Boys, like really poppy kind of good California boys. Mm-hmm. I think it was just the experience of Pet Sounds of just like the whole thing. Just the production is so different. It's so it feels very out of left field. Like if you grow up knowing about like again like surf in usa and to have this one album that feels more like it feels more like it belongs to like when the beatles did a ton of acid or like a pink floyd (laughs) album like it feels so different and so i don't know that there's like a singular song um but if you go on to spotify there's the smile sessions where you can hear like brian wilson in the studio like really just trying to direct an orchestra and like you can hear what he he has it in his head where he's just going no mm. no no the drums need to be like a do 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 and it's just so interesting to like listen to somebody that creative 
get that into it. Like, um, it's so interesting to really hear what they know is in their head mm-hmm. and try to get it out yeah. from other musicians. I, mm-hmm. That's that's dope. That's definitely what I'm all about. Like in college, when I like started to really get into different genres outside of like hip hop and R and B and like you know jazz. I really started to explore like the back catalog of like classic rock. And then from there kind of got into like, you know, yeah, just like the, the, the auteurs of that era, you know, like talking heads and shit. And um, I was really into fleet foxes in college too. So like any of those, you know, old school, not Bob Dylan folk, but like just folks, <laughs> folk music where like harmonies were prevalent, uh, you know, like yeah. Joni Mitchell and Jefferson Airplane, stuff like that, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'll definitely I, I need to check that because I'm sure that that it was like the father of all those styles. You know what I mean? The, yeah. The concept, I feel like in a rock band of everyone can sing was like totally lost by the 90s. Mm hmm. <laughs> In a really like sad way, like it was just like no, you just need one guy that can sing. If three people can play guitar solos, that's great. That's what they'll do. That's cool. But not everyone needs to sing. And then you go back to, I mean, then it was cool when we got like Fleet Foxes and some other bands came back in the indie world who were just like, well, we're actually gonna bring back that more than one guy can sing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're gonna have different types of voices maybe in a band. What killed um, it? Did punk kill it? I don't know. Probably. Maybe I think that's part of it because it was so the whole the whole point was like stripped down, right? Like you don't need to be great just at your instrument. It. You don't have to be a good singer. Just get out there and do it. You don't have to even be a great songwriter. Like <laughs> just have Huey Lewis sing it. The news they can do their own thing. <laughs> well, um, so something word. I wanted like, to ask. Oh my god! Something I want to ask because I feel like I'd be remiss uh, for not bringing it up but like for me r&b like marvin gay is a name i know and i know a few tracks but that's kind of mm. it or like luther vandross know the name couldn't name a song um <laughs> so i'm wondering like from your perspective like uh like what is like the pet sounds like what is the thing that i should like what would be like a good gateway to like really open these doors for me um outside of marvin gay and luther vandross um there was a big transition like the 60s r&b sound was was kind of ruled by motown you know what i mean there were so many there were groups there was like the the high tops or the four tops of the temptations uh you know the delphonics everyone it was a a mix of like the doo-wop era and just like you know, songs where it was just like, you know, my girl, like those songs. And then in the seventies, it kind of transitioned into, uh, the songwriters, like a singular voice, like Marvin Gaye or Smokey Robinson, who like both of them, they were of the Motown era, but they kind of struck out on their own. And then they started talking, talking about deeper themes. And then, you know, the, classic rock influenced you know it, it like funk came about you know what i'm saying like they i i feel like funk was like the evolution of blues in that it was like picking up on like the energy that you know 
the Rolling Stones kind of brought to the blues or like took from the blues and brought to the mainstream funk mm-hmm. answered that it was like all right well we're gonna come back with that you know and then parliament came out you know bootsy collins and then i think soul was kind of like a mix of both of like the motown love themes with the energy and weirdness of funk and then it kind of like converged into like this 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 focus on like you know chords and harmonies and like you know studio like session musicians you know a lot of session musicians they really got their shine in that era like Nile Rodgers you know he was a guitarist mm. and then he started he was in this band called Chic and then like you know it was a, they were singing about love but also singing about partying you know there's a there's a band called Slave um that like it was just like this really it was a mix of both like soul and funk and like early <laughs> glimpses of hip hop, you know, it was, it, it was, it's so weird. I'm trying to think of like, I think I honestly, not to bring it back to Marvin Gaye, but like, I want you, that album is just kind of like really a, a, a moment. It really came out at like the, the perfect time. It was really like a, a definition of that era. Um, there are so many though so so many there <laughs> i would say yeah. dev too you sent me on like a little journey last year of listening i went from 70s stevie wonder to 80s stevie wonder oh yeah stevie and i, I had a really stevie. similar like um almost what you were describing about 80s marvin like i had a really kind of like mind-blowing thing where i was like i knew those albums existed there was always a single or two mm-hmm. on those 80s albums that we all know but I had never listened, I think, straight through to those first two or three 80s albums of his. And they yeah. were so surprising and dynamic. Like, yeah. uh, what? what's the, there's like one album where he does, I think, like, basically a reggae knockoff and a country knockoff on a solo album. <laughs> yeah, yo. That's like made in the early 80s. And it's it's unbelievable. It's so I, I, crazy. I know the exact song you're talking about, too. I forgot the name of it, though, but... Yeah, I, I, I Stevie, Stevie's a freak of nature. Stevie's like Stevie's Beethoven, you know. Stevie is yeah. Mozart. Stevie is like he doesn't. You define music, and you define Stevie. You know, you you define you use Stevie Wonder and Mozart and like these names to define music. You know what I'm saying? You don't use them to define like R and B. They're just like yeah. Stevie is like constantly changing and going back and forth between different styles and moments and movements and eras and like he's just like uh, above everything it's so crazy that's that's kind of why i forgot him because like i'm trying to think of yeah. like, like who would define r&b and i was like oh yeah stevie is technically <laughs> r&b dude but it's it's stevie it's stevie well, wonder because like, he had his you know he had like right his little stevie career period where he was younger yeah. he fit into like what a lot of us would just recognize as like the R&B of that era. Mm-hmm. And then he started to like do his own thing. And those are really the albums I think that these days everyone remembers and knows mm-hmm. was he'd already, he already had a huge career by the time he started doing that. Like crazy. <laughs> the second phase of his career is really the phase of his career that most people know. That's like, that's like if Lil Bow Wow continued <laughs> on his run it like became like a prolific musician for Yo, like the I, rest of his life <laughs> like that's does anyone <laughs> do you know bow wow's actual name shad moss 
So can you imagine if we were all sitting around talking about Chad Moss all the time, and then somebody was like, oh yeah, I remember when he was a little Bow Wow, but you know, he's been Chad Moss for like 30 yeah. years now, and we all love him. Yeah, man. He had his little movie moment, like Mike. Um, yeah, yeah. If, oh, if, right. Okay, so did, if, if there was an album... Oh, you forgot Like Mike? <laughs> yeah. You know yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. Into his Wikipedia article after this. Jonathan Lipnicki, I think, was in that too. Um, if you so to define, if there was one album to define '70s R&B, I would do Marvin Gaye's "I Want You." '80s R&B, like early, there was there was like a brief moment where disco had ended. And it like kind of transitioned from disco back to like uh like eighties slower R and B. It's called Boogie. It's like this little subgenre subgenre. Um there's this album uh by or there's this group called Log, L O G G. And uh it was created by this singer songwriter, Leroy Burgess, who had been in like so many different bands. And he created this little project. They only released one album. And I found it uh, a year and a half ago. They released it in like 1981. And they didn't do anything else. And it's like eight tracks. And it's incredible. It's incredible. I would highly highly recommend (laughs) it. Yeah, that's not even him. It's... It's intense. That is a shiny. He's greasy. This is a shiny, <laughs> greasy dude with a six pack, and it's not. It, that's not even him. It's just some dude that they put on their album cover. Yeah, that's that's the way to do it. That's how I'm releasing all my albums. Yeah, it's bro. Just a hot, shiny dude with a six pack. Um, oh my god. That's that's Pat. Oh, we that's, that's a note. Let's make the new image for this podcast: two ripped dudes, all oiled up. Yeah, bro. With some numbers. On. Uh, but yeah boogie is pretty much disco but just at a lower tempo or slower tempo um it's so it's so good man um yeah yeah i I wish i had i wish i had a better answer that what that wasn't marvin Gaye, but like i can't like i want you is just so good no but i like i like that answer because like i mean first of all i asked you a very broad question right like uh, I hope so I answered much... it. <laughs> I think you did. Like those are good touch points because, like, I didn't even think about like where the connections are with like like Parliament, right? Like I got super into Parliament in college, um, mm. and I guess at this point this is aging myself, but like that was before Spotify, so it's like I all the music discovery was like LimeWire and like yeah parliament <laughs> yo be, being sorry pat you cut out for a second but i was just thinking about aging myself with pre-spotify i was like dude are we that old like that was a few years ago we got spotify <laughs> that was yeah amen. but like you All know what us. i mean right like you didn't really know the album art because it's not like mp3s are really coming with album yeah. art I mean, yeah, we're so already think, we're already talking about Marvin Gaye and Luther Vandross. We're, we're pretty aged, we're <laughs> aged ourselves already. It's all good. Wait, but this is a great question. This is a good question. So, you you kind of said that you came to Marvin on your own, right? Like while you were doing your own sort of exploration of of music, right? Yeah. So, two things I would be curious about. One is kind of maybe I don't know if you remember specifically how you stumbled upon this album or this song, but um, kind of maybe 
how you think about discovering music, like how you how you navigate, you know, like these different paths. Um, and also maybe just over the years, like what are some of the ways you do it? Like, are you big on searching online, finding out who played on this and going to something else? Are you digging in crates, you know, at like local yeah. record stores? Like, yeah, what's the what's the journey on music discovery for you? Uh, yeah, like back in college, I mean, blogs really helped me out. You know what I'm saying? Like going to blogs and like finding like, all right, who's... You know, there's this blog called ISO 50 by this graphic artist, and he was also uh, an electronic uh, artist uh, by the name of Tycho, T-Y-C-H-O. And he would like put out like his five, ten favorite songs of the week or whatever, and it'd be all these people I'd never heard of before. Um, so, yeah, like that, like uh, that used to be what I uh, like how I found like new shit that wasn't like, you know, there was hot new hip hop in uh, in uh, college where you know mixtapes were dro- it was a mixtape era where mixtapes were dropping like every week and could potentially blow, and you know like that's how Drake came about, that's how Wiz Khalifa kind of came about, that's how like most of the people that are big now that are already like legends now that's how they got started. So like I think this my generation for newer music we've relied so heavily on like blogs and like. Uh, you know, mixtapes and like whatever new platform music comes out on. We've, we've relied on that so heavily. Cause like back in, back then in the sixties and seventies, um, you would collect, you know, you would collect records, mm-hmm. you would hold on to these things and you would share it with your family. Uh, we like growing up, we had CDs you know, we collected CDs with it, you know, but like you wouldn't really I think when Blake CDs came out, it wouldn't really it wasn't as sacred. You know what I mean? Because Blank CDs kind of came out around the same time. LimeWire and Kaza came out. So you would kind of be able to make your own like this is what I'm listening to. This is like these are the people that I like. And then from there we got we go all the way to Spotify where you can listen to what you listen to. And then they create an algorithm for you. And then that's Discover Weekly. So like, all right, this is the little bubble that you live in musically. Here's some more stuff that you would like. And that kind of becomes your world until, you know, a friend recommends a song or sends you a link. And then you start to dive in on them and artists who sound like them. Like, that's how I found this Marvin Gaye song was Discover Weekly because they knew Mm. I fucked with Marvin Gaye. My bad. We can cuss on it, right? You can cuss on here. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah, you know, I fuck with Marvin Gaye. <laughs> uh, they, they knew that. And it was like, all right, here's this other, here's this deep, here's this hidden gem. And I was like, what the fuck? How, how did I not hear this? Like, how is it, why did I pass on this? Because, like, I think we hold on to our song. Like, there's some songs that, like, I've, like, there's some albums. I didn't tell people about Log forever. Because like only <laughs> it was just like so good, this little morsel that I wanted to keep to myself, but I also kind of just wanted to like get it out into the world. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's kind of this thing where you 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 don't really before Spotify, you didn't really have access to where you could find these or to where these different songs could find you you know what i mean you'd have to really go out into the world and you know dig in the crates or like just go into a section or a genre that you didn't really listen to like i would have never found 
Chris Stapleton if he came out in the 90s you know what I mean yeah. like because like yeah. if I was going to Tower Records or <laughs> Circuit City or Sam Goody dating uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if we were going to a record store you, I wouldn't go into the country uh, section because like I never grew up listening to it I didn't really know anyone who listened to it I'm sure I knew of or heard a song that I liked but I would never know how to find it even jazz you know I, I grew up loving jazz I could probably only tell you like five or 10 names, you know, because like there are like so many just jazz itself is just kind of like in many ways, it's like an experience, you know what I mean? Like you just love that the energy it gives you that, you know, you love the sound of the piano, you love, um, you know, you love what you love about it. But like there are so many artists like I have a jazz playlist that has like 400 songs on it. And like, I haven't, I, I don't know if I'll ever be able to dive into each of those different artists. Like I love Bill yeah. Evans, uh, Coltrane, Miles, you know, Robert Glasper, all those guys, because they're kind of like, for some reason they were able to exist above that. But you, mm-hmm. e- even with Spotify, you still have to like, kind of go out of your way to find, to discover these sounds, to discover this music. And that's, that's kind of why it's so special to people still. That's why like the discovery of music is always going to be special. Cause like you can just like happen upon something that you might not have ever thought you would have liked. And then you find it. And then it's like with you forever and it's golden. And then you like, it opens your, like it broadens your horizons and like, it's like a whole new, (laughs) you find someone that you like, Oh shit. Like this album is actually kind of crazy. And then you have this whole catalog that you get to go through. What was the question? Would you ask me? <laughs> I think you got there. Yo, I think you got there. <laughs> you, that, that cracks me up that you held on to log for so long because I think the first night we ever hung out, you were screaming at me about log. Like was, were, <laughs> it was loud in there and I was, I was, I had, a, no, I I had something to drink. <laughs> but I mean, at that point you were ready to release log to the world. I, was, I, think. I held on to it for a while. I was ready to blow. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I was screaming. I love that. <laughs> Just oh, scream. Shit. You had the bartender put it on at the I bar. Did. I did. Well, because so I saw was... he was taking requests, man. He was doing it. He was, yeah. yeah, whatever. He was doing it. <laughs> That's awesome. It's, it's, it's really good. <laughs> it's really, it is really good. What uh? That started me on my. That started me of last year. I probably listened to more '80s R&B than I ever have in my life. So that was. Oh, dope. I thank you for that. Yeah, that no was problem, a good, man. Yeah. A good music discovery. What moment. um? What are y'all listening to now? Like yeah. these days. Um, well, yeah. So we always like to talk about something we've been listening to lately. And I was going to shout out. The song came out last year. It's probably one of his like goofiest songs. But the song Wonderful by Burna Boy. And mm. I, I say that because that is a song that like I could put on last year. And it is so joyful. And it's just like super catchy, very poppy like uh, song of his. And the bummer is because it's it's um like half english and half or maybe more um uh i'm not sure what language he's he speaks um but it's like i constantly think i can sing along to it and i constantly (laughs) cannot sing along to it there's like every three words are something i recognize and everything else is just a sound that sounds like it could be an english word but it's not (laughs) Wonderful. So I would shout out "Wonderful" by Burna Boy. It is like a, it's a very 
put it on you'll feel better about your life kind of song dope good looks thank you yeah it is fun trying to know i've also mentioned this before it is fun trying to sing along to a song that's not in english (laughs) oh man everyone knows the words to sean paul's songs man everybody (laughs) yeah well that's because like more of us speak uh spanish or know some spanish than we know yoruba right uh that's that's the the language that the burn boy song is in it's like yeah you know one day We'll all know like <laughs> 10 or so words in Yoruba, but not right now. <laughs> we'll get the implant, the chip implant that, that'll come yeah. eventually. Oh, that would be huge. Babelfish. Yeah. Um, I've been, honestly, I've been kind of all over the place with music recently. Uh, and a lot of it's just like, what can I listen to and get work done at the same time? Um, I was going to go with something else, but I'm going to bring up this guy, Christian Scott Atunde Adjua who's like a mm, jazz musician nice uh He's dope. but like so awesome and like i don't i'm bringing this up because it goes off of what you were talking about uh devin about like recommendations and like so much comes to us through algorithms and which is fine it doesn't feel super personal but like sometimes you do get that good uh recommendation and this was through somebody i follow on twitter that I was just like, yeah, I trust you. I trust your music recommendation. Um, it was just like a really fun, chill kind of modern jazz. Like he's got some Radiohead covers. He's mm. in the new Bill and Ted movie. He played trumpet <laughs> in that movie. So like, he's in it. Yeah, he's in it. Oh, dope! Nice. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Uh, but yeah, highly recommend if you're looking for like, I don't know, weird jazz to get into. What what song specifically? Or did you say? Oh, let's see. So I've been listening. I've been doing a lot of straight through on the album of Axiom. Um, what song was it? Honestly, I just listened to this album straight through. I don't know which one would be mm-hmm. a good starting yeah. point. Uh, the most popular one on Spotify for that album appears to be Di- Diaspora. Um, diaspora. Diaspora. Di- diaspora. Yeah. That's catchy. Diaspora. Um, that's an album to listen to straight through, though. No hurt. I'll check it out. What about uh, you, Dev? What's been on recent? Um, yeah, man, I'm I'm always all over the place. Uh, <laughs> there's a. <laughs> going back to Yacht Rock in that era there was this band called Pages that never really blew up at all uh, they released like three albums and uh, they all kind of had middling to little success and I, I, I forget how I found them but one of their songs sounds like it has like an MF Doom sample in it but it probably doesn't it's probably just like the, the type of uh, piano it might be a Fender Rose or whatever but I went through their their catalog um, a couple years back, and I found them again this year, and it, it's just so good, man. It's just it's it's soul, it's it's, it's blue eyes soul. Some more of that, and uh, <laughs> it's, it's a song called uh, the Sailor Song, which is like it 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 sounds like some Billy Joel shit, but it like it feels like a Mary J. Blige song, man. It's yeah. so soulful, it's so good, and it okay. didn't it didn't hit at all. Um, uh, the same they also have a song called two people that also sounds like uh like some just 
<laughs> they were really going through it, man. They were going through it in the in the late seventies. <laughs> like they, they had some real pain. Um, very soulful. Uh, and I finally looked them up. Um, and like after their you know albums didn't hit, they pages broke up, and then like the two main dudes and pages they formed another band called Mister Mister. And then they made Broken Wings. Uh, yeah. <laughs> then they blew up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they pivoted. Uh, but, you know, check Pages out. <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty good. Pages, the original Mr. Mister. Oh, my God. For all you big Mr. Mister fans out there, Take listen to the pod. Uh, go check yes. out Pages. You'll love Please it. Please do. <laughs> I love it. Well, De- Dev, I think we could probably talk to you for um, an entire day about music. Yeah. So, uh we could wrap it up here until the next time that we all get to do this again. Um, yo, where can people keep up to date with what you're doing? And do you have anything? Yeah, to man. Plug? Uh, thanks for having me guys. I really appreciate it. This was fun. I didn't realize. I, yeah. I, I, I don't talk about music a lot. I feel like I, I just actually, that's not true. I was screaming at you about log. So forget that. <laughs> I do talk about music a lot. And this was a great, venue for me to talk about music so thank you i appreciate it both of y'all uh y'all can find me on instagram and twitter at alpha dev a-l-p-h-a-d-e-v uh i'm in a sketch group with evan called young douglas you can find us on instagram and twitter young douglas comedy and you got uh you have a podcast of your yeah, own too, Yeah, I'm right? also on a podcast called I Ruined My Childhood with my boy Kevin McLean. Uh, we talk about uh, movies that we loved growing up, like First Kid and Jumanji, and we rewatch them, and we try to figure out if it uh, if we ruined it by rewatching it. Sometimes it works out, sometimes <laughs> it doesn't. Uh, yeah, definitely check that out. It's on uh, YouTube and on Spotify at I Ruined My Childhood. Check us out. I love it. And if you uh if people if everyone wants to hear um kind of like some of the stuff that's probably been referenced on this episode too dev you have two great playlists <laughs> great mixes on spotify that i think are yeah, probably available nah. so we will drop the links to those uh to those, the, those please, are the alpha please do because the story behind that is I had the idea for Guardians of the Galaxy before Guardians of the Galaxy came out. I always <laughs> wanted to make a movie set in space with like <laughs> just R&B and like, you know, 80s songs playing throughout. And then they stole it from me. But <laughs> it's all right. I made my own. <laughs> I made my own playlist based off of that. Uh, the first one is a playlist that. Uh, that is pretty it was just a blank cd that i made in high school and i just put it on spotify and then i made a follow-up to it uh as a, an adult man so yeah they're set 13 years apart <laughs> uh but same vibes so yeah definitely check it out the original is great and the sequel is just as <laughs> Thanks, high quality bro, I appreciate it, man. Uh, <laughs> so we'll make sure to I want drop my money links. marvel um <laughs> yeah <laughs> Gun, uh, what's that director's name? James Gunn. He, he stole Gunn. Almost James said Tim Gunn. Gunn. <laughs> I know, that, I, dude, I was gonna say Tim Gunn too, but that's the that's the, the fashion guy, right? <laughs> yeah, a <laughs> little bit off. Um, yeah, Dev, thanks so much thanks, for joining bro. us. Appreciate it. Thanks, Pat. It's been great. Repeater is hosted by Evan Ford Barden and Patrick Cartelli. Visit us online at repeater.show for live dates hot music tips, and show archives. 
Theme music by The Sun Lions. Everything else by Love Nest Productions. Welcome to Repeater. Pat, are you cranking? I'm cranking it. Cranking. I'm cranking it. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's not what I asked, dude. 